Hi, this is Donna Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We used the welcome prayer last year as a part of our daily routine. I love that. Three welcomes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And many I let go of. And that's what we're talking about in some respects. Finding rest in God. This is the last of three times we've had together, three sessions, three lessons, three parts. And we've been talking about rest. What is rest? Is rest to sleep or to stop working? Is it a cessation of activities? Is it something that you long for, a stopping? I have had some experiences in this rest. I have had some experience in unrest. I, over 20 years ago, felt called to pause and try to figure out what Sabbath looked like. Sabbath, Sabbath rest, talked about in the Old Covenant, talked about in the New Covenant. Very clear picture of God who created the entire universe. Now, there's a God-like thing. Think about it, women. Women all over the world who are doing more things than they can imagine. And God created the whole place in six days. But remember, he is God. He is God. But he set a pattern before us, a routine to rest on the seventh day. And I can remember when the stores were not open on Sunday. They were not open. And that meant for me, a homemaker, that I had to get food in the house and make sure if we needed something for Sunday, I had it in the house by Friday or Saturday. I began my own personal Sabbath rest, and I began it because of a phrase of Martin Luther's, having leisure time with God. And when I began it, I did it in secrecy. I spent two years, two entire years, taking Wednesday off and not making any appointments on Wednesday. My work has always allowed me to run my own schedule. And someone would say, well, do you want to meet on Wednesday? I'd say, oh, no, that's not a good day. How about Thursday? And I did that. It's just perfectly successful until I agreed to chair a committee for um, a board that I served on. And the committee was an accreditation committee and was going to take many months. Would you chair the committee? We had a great committee in place. And the vice president said, I'll set up all the appointments with the accreditation committee. You don't have to do that. And I thought, whoa, it's going to be a big job, but he's going to make it work. So a few weeks later, I get a call and he says, I've got the meeting set. And the first one is at nine o'clock on Wednesday. And I, I said, just what I just repeated. Oh, that won't work. He said, it's all right. I'll handle the first meeting. The rest of the meetings are already scheduled. And I said, okay, so when are they? Every one of the remaining 11 or 12 meetings. Yep, you got it. All on Wednesdays. He was the first person I told. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry you've done all this work. Maybe you should find a new committee chair to handle it. No, he said, I'll go back. And he did. He went back and rescheduled it. But I was busted. Now I had told someone that I was taking this day. It's quite amazing to me how many people who know me well in my intimate circles don't call me on Wednesday. 
don't text me on Wednesday because I don't pick up the phone and I don't open my computer and I don't look at my uh, texting. I, I take a rest. I read. Sometimes I sleep. Sometimes I feel physically tired. But this kind of rest that I began to understand was a rest of my soul. It wasn't a rest of just the cessation of work. What does rest in work really mean, not rest of work? How do I get it, especially if I'm a member, a card-carrying member of the Western civilization and culture of America that says we have to get it, we have to get more, and we have to get it quick? This rest in work but not in inactivity is rather harmonious for all of our faculties coming together. I gave you three practical suggestions the last time we were together. Examine how you feel about work. Begin to control your own mind and embrace what that rest looks like. After the session, someone said to me that she remembered being in the Costco. We all in America know what Costco's are. Costco's are around the world, actually. But the big box store. And she said, I was so anxious. I just wanted these people. And she said, that it turned out that the people right in front of her were old people. And she was very young. And she said, I just wanted them to get out of my way. Get out of my way. To, uh, knock them over if necessary. Just get out of my way. She said she got back in the car and felt this pressure about her own thought about these people who were just standing in line waiting like everybody else was waiting. That what taking control of your mind is saying, uh, I can do this. I can wait. I can have patience because I'm not in charge. The present moment is where I'm living and God is in the present moment, and I'm aware of it. And the third thing was to stop hurrying, literally changing your pace. Stop hurrying. Stop telling everybody to hurry up, but stop telling yourself to hurry up. Restworthy God is sovereign. We often say that God is sovereign. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. We say these things. We know them to be truth. We confess them in our churches. But when we take charge and do not stop, insist in getting our ways and getting it faster, we are saying to him, you must not be sovereign, and I have to do this myself. The process in finding rest we often get sidetracked by prideful, self-sufficient garnering of more things than less. I must work harder. I must do more. I must get myself out of this mess. Not long ago, I talked to a young convict um, who is out um, still on parole. And he has a lot of things he's required to do. He has a lot of people he has to report to. But he said to me, I got myself in this mess. Now I know how long it's going to take me to get out of this mess. And I said to him what I'm going to say to you. Christ died for those messes. He died for the messes of our life. And he is in it with him. This young man knows that. He's so aware of it. God is trying to give us good things. God is trying to help him get out of the mess that he created for himself. He's actually just living out the circumstances of the choices that he made. 
But Christ came to serve us, to heal us, to show us his love, to remind us that he finds favor in us. He knows us and he cares for us. Sabbath rest, God worked for six days and he rested. And I can still remember the first time I heard 24-7. And I read much on time. And as a time management person, I've read much and from many varieties of opinions. But I can still remember a time issue, Time Magazine issue, that talked about time and said the most frightening words in the American civilization was 24-7-365. They have no rest. We have no rest. And we substitute leisure, which is what Martin Luther said. He had leisure or leisure time with God. But we substituted by saying, I'm going to watch a movie because that that that's leisure. I'm gonna I'm gonna do I'm gonna exercise even. I'm gonna go do I'm gonna do because that is satisfying. And and some of those things can be very satisfying and bring rest to our soul. But we can't substitute leisure for rest of our souls. I want to suggest more practical things that make our rest worthy in Christ. When you when you make up your mind and your mind starts to take over, would you stop for a moment and sort it out? How is the sovereign God being allowed to work out this situation? Can he take care of it? Is he big enough to fix the pandemic? Is he big enough to fix what's going on in your conversation, in your world, I should say? In a conversation with him, can you engage him in that way. I will never forget the first time I heard God say to me, not in an audible voice, but in the voice I know is God speaking to Donna. He said, I have so much to tell you, Donna. And I thought, he has so much to tell me, but I'm so busy that I can't listen. Now, if you have trouble listening, and most of us do, on our website, there's a free resource about the 10 sacred steps to better listening, to quieting ourselves so we can hear the voice of God. The omnipotent, ever-present, omniscient God's voice wants to speak to us. And I pray that you believe that and will engage with him in a way that he can. Secondly, I want you to number the days in his way, in his way. Psalm 90 and 12 and Ephesians 5 remind us to redeem the time, to redeem the time. That's doing it his way, not my way. My way is blustering often. My way is forceful often. My way is my way often. And and oftentimes I'm with someone who their way is really a better way. I just have to let go of my way and let it happen. What is your time for? Our time is to honor God, to honor God. Our lives are to honor God. Our time isn't for ourselves. When we get to the selfish place that we recognize that 24-7, 365, I can do what I want to do, should do what I want to do to have more, then we have driven the sovereign God out of the picture.
Can you give up your role as taskmaster? We're not all the same kind of taskmasters. Some of us drive ourselves off a cliff, and some of us idle ourselves to the edge of the cliff. Israel's history gives us a great picture of the taskmaster. The children were liberated. Exodus looks up and forward. We see the God of redemption. We are created by our God and are not chattel or slaves to another. And when we learn to rest, we stop trying to be God because God is God and I am not. You know, I I have that in quotations in this piece of paper I'm speaking from. God is God and I am not. I, I can't tell you how often I forget that I'm not God. Now, I've never once said in my life, I am a God, you should listen to me. I have never once even like consciously thought, oh, I can do that better than God. But I behave it. I behave it. He neither sleeps nor slumbers. He never runs the risk of burnout. He doesn't need a good meal and a good night's sleep. He is God. And that God is calling you to find rest in your soul. He's not pining for a vacation and looking forward to watching the new series and what do you call it? Not vegging out, binging binging on the new series of The Crown that came out, and you can watch all 13 episodes now. So let's watch it for 13 hours in a row. We, we find those things. We think we're going to get rest in those things. But the very technology of the screen is not restful. I'm not getting into that today. Perhaps we do these things because we're trying to figure out how smart is God and how trustworthy is God and how can I rest in him. Resting in God is is refusing to return to Egypt where the taskmaster was. And yet the children at one point said, let us go back. Let us go back because what we had there is better than this. We go back to what is familiar because we have not broken our routines. We have not established new rhythms. And these last few days together has been my clarion call to say, establish a new rhythm, a new routine, a new ritual. A ritual. When you are potty training your little child, when you are telling your child to wash his hands after every meal, when we are being admonished to wash our hands after every encounter and not touch our faces with our hands, which can be so dirty, We are being asked to do a new ritual until it's a habit. I've told this story many times. There are several that are always so fresh to me, but I can remember our daughter, 16 years old, driving out of the driveway of our garage in our standard transmission car, and it just swept over me. I get in the car, turn on the car. Those were in the days where you had a key. I turn on the car, I put in the clutch, I put the in gear, I put the gas, I close the garage door, and I'm on the street and I haven't thought about it. And I thought, she doesn't have the routine. How will she ever get down the street? Because in those days, she thought about every one of those things. What do I do first? I turn it on. What do I do second? My dad's taller. The mirrors have to be fixed. What do I do third? I put the clutch in. I mean, these were not routines. Now, 
She's teaching her child how to drive a car. And the same thing is being done, a new routine, a new ritual. No one has to tell you when you go into the ladies' room to flush the commode. You do it because it's a habit. And I am begging you to find a new habit of resting your soul in him, of breaking routines. It's difficult to do in an unusual time, Donna. Do you want me to add? What? Yes, I do. I want you to find rest in God. I want you to find rest in God. Brother Lawrence, who found rest in washing his dishes. How many times have I asked you to find rest in changing diapers? I meet with a young woman who has three children under the age of three, and they're all in diapers. I said, have you counted how many diapers you do a day? No, she said, but I do it all the time. And I hear your voice saying, as much as you do to the least, you do it to me. And that's what God says to us. As much as we do it to the least, as much as we acknowledge that he is God and we are not, that we rest in him, he gives us rest in our soul. A rest that is not guilty or duty-bound or apologetic. I can remember a friend coming to my house and I was laying on the sofa in my gown and my first thought was to apologize at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and I was laying on the sofa with him. Why do I have to apologize for that? Because our culture says you should be up and dressed and keep in going. And I want to ask you to reduce and simplify. Do less because he is bigger and you need to be smaller. He is bigger and you need to be smaller. Maybe it's the breath prayer that I mentioned to you a few days ago. The prayer that gives you a breathing in and a breathing out that says, God, you are God and I am enough. God, you are God, and I am enough. Do you believe that? Do you believe that he is God, that he is sovereign, that he is omnipresent, omniscient, and that he will take care of it? Can you rest in his soul? Can you rest in what he does? Can you rest in his words from Matthew? Come to me, all you that are weary in this unusual time in the world and are carrying heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. I pray that you will find rest for your souls in these days of Advent, preparing our hearts and souls for the birth of Christ in a culture that is making us do less. There won't be a lot of big Christmas parties this year, There'll be less shopping. There'll be less eating out. And maybe this is the time for you to establish a new routine and rhythm in your life. I'm Donna Otto, and this is Modern Homemakers. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of finding rest in your soul by stopping your hurry.